The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. To the house, This is unbelievable. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. 25 days until the first college football game. I did the math. Unlike that Florida State Twitter account, we've got a 30-minute prediction show with our experts predicting every Power 5 conference, the college football playoff, and the Heisman. I'm Chris Hassel, and I've got the cover three guys with me, Chip Patterson, Barrett Salee, Tom Fornelli, and Barton Simmons. And folks, we're going to start in the ACC, which this season probably stands for another Clemson championship. Number one in the CBS Sports 130. They're 36-4 the last five years. Barton, give me a potential sleeper, a team that could sneak up and get Clemson. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with everybody here, I think, with Clemson winning the conference. But if you're going to just pick a, a dark horse here, I think Virginia has some value. Uh, when you talk about them coming from the other side of the, the conference, when you talk about them bringing back a quarterback that is a Bronco Mendenhall prototype and Bryce Perkins that probably was better last year even than a lot of us expected. Um, and, and then when you talk about Bronco Mendenhall and the stage he is at in building this program. Remember, this is a sort of this eternal nine-win coach at BYU. Now he's at Virginia. They've got the thing rolling a little bit. They're a couple years in, two wins, six wins, eight wins. What's the natural next progression? I think they could get to nine wins, and I think they could win the division, and then they're one game away, and you never know. So I just really think when you talk about discipline, we talk about a team that plays good defense, and they have a quarterback, why not take a flyer on Virginia? I'm not going to pick a team to beat Clemson in Charlotte at the ACC championship game because Clemson has made Charlotte and the ACC championship game just like another home game. It's always a coronation. This is the time when we see Clemson be laser-focused, getting ready for the playoff. And so I'm going to pick a team that plays Clemson 
in their home. Okay. I'm talking about close your eyes, things are getting loud, it's the Carrier Dome, they probably cut the AC off, you know, you've got the fastest show on turf going, so if there's going to be a team that might be able to get them, I'm going to go with the Syracuse Orange, because if they get that win right there, then maybe they've got the head-to-head -head advantage to be able to win the Atlantic and get to the ACC Championship game, and we talk about the Syracuse offense, which I do think is going to continue to be productive with Tommy DeVito at quarterback, but the real key, the real key to Syracuse and why they're going to be successful this season is because of their defensive line. I think Alton Robinson is just an absolute stud, all ACC type defensive end, and they are so good in third down, especially third and long at getting to the quarterback. I think the Orange are the second best team in the ACC, and getting Clemson at home, I think they're the most likely sleeper in that conference. Getting them real early, too. I don't even think it's close. I mean, you're right. They're the second best team in the ACC, and you get them in week three if you're Syracuse. You love that because they have played Tommy DeVito at quarterback quite a bit. They've got basically everybody returning at wide receiver and they've got one of the best coaches I think in the entire country in Dino Babers. I mean this guy has won everywhere he's gone and you look at the last two seasons. Two years ago they beat uh, Clemson in Syracuse. Last year they were one Chase Bryce miracle fourth down away from beating Clemson again and had they won that game they would have won the ACC Atlantic via tiebreaker so I don't see how you can pick anybody other than Syracuse. Well, you can. I'm taking Miami. <laughs> I, I understand the arguments for both Virginia and Syracuse. I think really at the end of the day, there is no threat to Clemson in the <laughs> ACC. But what I like about Miami is coming out of the Coastal, things are a bit more wide open in that division as is typically the case every year. So if the Hurricanes can win the division and get to Charlotte, I know it's another home game for Clemson, Chip, but Miami is really the only other team in the ACC right now that even has a talent level that you think can maybe compete on Clemson's level. So maybe if they get lucky that one day. So I'm going with Miami. And just to be clear, everybody is taking Clemson yes, yes. to win the ACC. 100%. We're just talking about teams that could give them a, a potential, potential uh, run for their money here. Clemson has won the last four ACC championships. Oklahoma has won the last four Big 12 championships. Most people picking Oklahoma to win again this season. The only one of our experts that is going against Oklahoma in the Big 12 is Barrett Salee. Barrett, tell us why. I think Texas offensively will take a huge step forward, another step forward now that they know exactly how to use Sam Ellinger and have had a full offseason to work with him. Colin Johnson back at wide receiver is huge for them. And defensively, there are some issues. Obviously, only three starters return, but you look at the back end, and that's where it's most important in the Big 12 is in that back end. Braden, uh, uh, Brandon Jones, Caden Sims both back, and they've got, uh, in terms of players that have played snaps at linebacker, they've basically got three new guys who have been in the rotation throughout the course of an entire season. So you add in B.J. Foster, who's great as sort of the hybrid you know, safety slash linebacker who was a big player for them last year. I think defensively they're built to slow down the Big 12 offenses. And then from an offensive standpoint, they can control the clock. They can make it their game. So however a game evolves, Texas has the versatility and the, and the, and the skill position players offensively to sort of make it however they need to make it throughout the course of the season. But this was still a Texas team that lost to Oklahoma State. It's still a they, Texas they team also, that lost to Maryland. Oklahoma last year. But there's, there, there's a lot that I think of growth that's left for this Texas team, and that's why I'm sticking with the class of the Big 12, the team that, and the school that have won all the Big 12 championships for the most part, 12 of them uh, in the last 20 years, and that's why I'm going with the Oklahoma Sooners. And it is a very, very boring pick, but it is so entertaining to think about what it's going to look like for Lincoln Riley with a third straight transfer quarterback being able to put him into this offense and figure out ways to use him to the best of the Sooners' advantage. And so you've still got CeeDee Lamb on the outside. You've got an offensive line that's new, but I I am betting that the player development that they've had there is going to be strong enough such that the Sooners are going to be able to make it to the Big 12 championship game. I'm not ruling out 
a similar scenario to last year where maybe Texas wins the Red River. But when you get into that Big 12 championship game scenario, I just think that Jalen Hurts and the number of times that we've seen him put a team on his back, that is the kind of thing that gives me confidence that the Sooners are going to be able to take advantage in that kind of scenario. Yeah, Oklahoma might be the boring pick, but there's nothing boring about being right because it's the correct (laughs) pick. You look at this Oklahoma team, and yes, there are questions. They have to replace Kyler Murray, but Jalen Hurts, pretty battle-proven quarterback to have stepping in to take over. And on defense, there are problems, but if you look at what happened with this team last year in the Big 12, they averaged over 50 points per game against Big 12 opponents, while allowing 36. So even with the defensive problems, they were still winning by an average of two touchdowns per game. And while I think Texas is a team that can beat Oklahoma, like you alluded to in the Red River shootout, I still don't think Texas is a team that can get through the Big 12 unscathed and beat Oklahoma and have the better record of them at the end of the year. So I think the Sooners are the obvious pick, but it's also the right pick to make. You know, there's one guy that you guys did not talk about, did not mention. We know about the newcomer at quarterback and Jalen Hurts. What about the newcomer at defensive coordinator mm-hmm. and Alex Grinch? There's talent on this Oklahoma defense. It's all about giving those guys a little bit of confidence, making them feel like they've got a chance to be better than who's ever lined up in front of them. I really think there's going to be an improved defense. I think they have the talent to make some plays. And I think Jalen Hurts could absolutely continue this ridiculous streak of quarterbacks in Oklahoma. Let's remind everyone that last year, about this time, we all had some doubts on whether Kyler Murray was even that good. We think Jalen Hurts is really good. I think Lincoln Riley can take him to even another level. This is going to be a loaded offense once again, and I think Alex Grinch is the key to this defense taking a step forward. And we'll get Heisman picks a little bit later from our panel here, and one of you guys does like Jalen Hurts to win a Heisman Trophy. Let's move to the Pac-12, which might be the most up-in-the-air conference. There are three co-favorites in Oregon, Washington, and Utah, but we have four college football experts, all four of them taking different teams. (laughs) Barton, you lead us off. I'm going Utah. I, I really think that this Utah team is exactly what Kyle Whittingham envisions. When he goes to sleep at night thinking about what he wants his team to look like, this is the one. They've got a loaded defensive front. I'm talking about one of the best in all of college football. They complement that with a really good secondary. Guys like Jalen Johnson, Javelin Guidry, guys that can really play and hunt down the football. And then offensively with Zach Moss coming back, they'll be able to pound the rock the way they want to. I think Andy Ludwig coming in for Vanderbilt as an offensive coordinator, that's a guy that really complements what Utah wants to look like offensively. I think that they've gotten away from their identity on offense a little bit, trying to be a spread team over the last couple years. They're going to be back in their comfort zone, being a pounded, physical, north-south football team where you got to come to play and bring your lunch pail on both sides of the football. I just think that this Utah team, the pieces come together for a really good run in 2019. You know, Barton, I like your pick of Utah coming out of the South, but I think that's as far as the Utes are going to get. My pick for winning the Pac-12 this year is Washington. I just look at this team and I think that they have a lot in common with what you're saying with Utah with on defense. Yes, this is a team that has to replace nine starters on defense, including its leading tackler, its leader in sacks, its leader in interceptions, but it's also defense that's still run by Jimmy Lake and he's now got Pete Kwiatkowski helping him out. 
And while they don't always have the talent that you see on like defenses like Alabama or Clemson, when you watch Washington's defense, there isn't a better coach defense in the country. This is a unit that does not make mistakes. So I have a feeling that Washington's defense, again, even with all these people to replace, is going to be one of the best units, if not the best unit in the Pac-12. And on offense, Jacob Eason should step into that starting role. And the one thing Washington was lacking on offense was big plays, particularly through the passing game. And Eason has an arm that could do that, that Jake Browning simply didn't have for the Huskies the last few years. So I think that this is a Washington, this will be the best Washington team we've seen since the team that got to the college football playoff a few years ago. I was really close to doing what Barton did and, and picking Utah, and I just couldn't do it because I'm with the Oregon Ducks, and I really think that the Auburn game might determine if Oregon is an actually national championship contender or just a Pac-12 championship caliber team. But I love the fact that Mario Cristobal has made this Oregon offense a lot like an SEC offense. That's one of, if not the best offensive lines in the entire country. So from a, from a, from a physicality standpoint, you can't argue about Oregon being one of the most physical teams in the entire an entire Pac-12. You have an NFL draft prospect in Justin Herbert, who I think all of us thought might be playing on Sundays instead of Saturdays this fall. And then you've got receivers. I mean, a, a guy like Red has been out there for a long time. They get Juwan Johnson from Penn State. Now, he's had an up-and-down career at Penn State, but he is a monster outside, can go up and get the ball. And then C.J. Vereen was pretty solid as a freshman last, last year at running back. So when you add in that with, with a new defense, uh, a defensive attitude that really has progressed through Willie Taggart and now to Mario Cristobal, and you get Troy Dye back after he passed on the NFL, I just can't see how Oregon shouldn't be the pick out of the Pac-12 North, although I do think that, that Utah game and the Pac-12 championship game will be a lot of fun. Yeah, too bad Utah's not making it there Uh-oh. because <laughs> coming out of the South is going to be the most talented roster in the Pac-12. I'm sick and tired of us giving up on USC, of us just burying Clay Helton, of fans trying to just give Urban Meyer the job just because he's going to be working in Los Angeles. Like, no, sir. I think that Graham Harrell's going to come and JT Daniels, after being thrown into the fire last season, is going to absolutely love this new offense. I'm on Ross St. Brown and Tyler Vaughns is the best wide receiver duo that we've got in the Pac-12. And if they've got any kind of pride, if they want to get up off this mat and throw an absolute haymaker after going 5-7, and seven, well, USC is the one team that actually has the talent to go and do this. So while the rest of the world is ready to bury the Trojans and hand that job to someone else, I think that this is just one of those situations where the storyline and the narrative twists on all of us. And we remember that if you do have those Jimmys and those Joes, like you're going to go out there and you're going to compete. They were right there against Washington State, one of the best teams in the Pac-12 last year, then they lost those games. There are small, small margins for the Trojans, and I think with a little bit of improvement, uh, we see them take that next step. They won the Pac-12 just a couple <laughs> of years ago. It's not crazy to think they can do it again. I'm with you. I think the hate on Clay Helton, I don't get it, man. That guy's won. Five and seven, not acceptable, but it's one year. The, the, the career as a whole indicates that he should keep that job. And how crazy is it that we all have different picks for the Pac-12, and the craziest pick among us is picking <laughs> right, the U.S. Yeah, right, exactly. It. And Washington State, the <laughs> highest-ranked team at the end of last season, the only Pac-12 team in the top ten of the final AP poll, not picked by anybody. Moving on to the Big Ten, and you know what? The Big Ten might have the most teams in the preseason top 25 because the West is actually strong. Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Northwestern, all could be potentially ranked, but Let's face it, the East is 5-0 and in Big Ten title games. The East has the favorites in Ohio State and Michigan. Barton, who do you like? I like Ohio State. I, there, there's this national fervor right now that this is somehow Michigan's year. I've fallen for that. Two of the last three years, I've picked Michigan in the playoffs. Not this year. Chip, you can have USC. I already messed that one up last year as well. I'm moving forward with the Buckeyes, a team I can trust. 
This is a team that's loaded. This is a team that's talented. This is a team that has leadership, upperclassmen, culture is right. Ryan Day, an outstanding play caller. We've already seen what he can do as a head coach. We saw it with the first three games of last year. He looked pretty comfortable in that role at that point. The coaching staff has turned over defensively. All that talent is going to have a system that's been simplified to where they can just go out there and make plays the way we're used to seeing Ohio State defense make plays. I really believe that everyone seems to be giving up on Ohio State, perhaps because of no Urban Meyer, uh, perhaps because Ryan Day's first year, perhaps because of that guy, Justin Fields, is, is his first year as a starter. But Justin Fields is incredibly talented, and Ryan Day really sh has shown that he knows how to play to a quarterback skill sets. I just think that this Ohio State team remains one of the top two or three most talented teams in all of college football, and I think that's gonna play out on the field. It's not the year yet for Michigan or anybody else to overtake the Buckeyes in the Big Ten. Listen, Bart, you didn't say anything wrong. Everything you said is 100% correct. But if this isn't the year that Michigan wins the Big Ten, then when is Michigan ever going to win the Big Ten? This is the first season that Jim Harbaugh's been in Ann Arbor where he doesn't have to go head-to-head -head with Urban Meyer. So, well, I think Ryan Day is a very good coach, and I think Ohio State's still going to be good. This is also a year in which Michigan has Shea Patterson coming back for his second season in the program. They're changing things up on offense with Josh Gaddish. They're actually becoming a modern offense. They're going to not move at a snail's pace like they had been the last few years. We're going to see Michigan in shotgun most of the time, if not exclusively. And on defense, they lost quite a few players, but this is still a defense that is coached by Don Brown, who does nothing but put together outstanding defenses. So you know they're going to be mean. You know they're going to tackle. You know they're going to get the job done. And I think what else works in Michigan's favor is that this year, they get Ohio State in Ann Arbor. So without Urban Meyer there, if this isn't the season that Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines get past Ohio State, get over that hump and get to Indianapolis, I'm not sure they can do it. But what if they do beat Ohio State but still don't win the Big Ten because they are not consistent enough to be able to get over that. I'm going with Ohio State, and even baked into that Ohio State theory, I'm like, yeah, they, they might lose. That's a rivalry game. But I just think that this Buckeyes team, with what they've been able to continue, with what they've been able to build on with Ryan Day, I mean, when's the last time that we've mentioned J.K. Dobbins' name? As a freshman, he was a superstar. Yeah, yeah. And I think about trying to defend a backfield with Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins, and when you're running any kind of mesh zone read stuff and you're wondering who's going to go where, like that is terrifying for a defensive coordinator. Those two teams are going to be neck and neck. One could win the head-to-head, -head, but yet the other one could end up winning the conference. Barrett also taking yep. Ohio State. So, Tom, the only one out there on the Michigan island. I think Michigan fans would take just a win over Ohio State and then a 1-11 season at this point. In the <laughs> SEC, Alabama the favorite at minus 160. They have won 34 of their last 35 games against SEC's, SEC competition, including the, the postseason. Barrett, I'll start with you on this one. You feeling Georgia? You feeling Florida, LSU? I, I, look, I'm this close to picking Georgia to win the SEC championship, but it's going to be Alabama. I think Alabama, when you have those receivers and then another year of Nick Saban just pounding it into the sand and pounding Tua Tagovailoa in, into the place where he needs to take a profit at all costs, do not always throw the home run ball just because you think you should, I think that's going to work wonders. You know about Najee Harris. He's going to break out this year. Uh, he's been, he was a high recruit a couple years ago, waiting for his chance. Now's his chance. The offensive line should be an issue, and if there's one thing that they have to fill, it's defensive front. 
And what does Alabama do better than anybody else? It's, it's figure out who to put in on that defensive line. A guy like LeBron Ray could step in right in for Quinn and Williams, and they'll be just fine. So uh, I'm picking Alabama. I think it's, it's Alabama, and it's Georgia, and it's everybody else, and that everybody else is a long, long way down that road. I'm very curious to see uh, what Alabama is like offensively. You know, we've had a total overhaul of the staff uh, for Alabama. And so in some of these in-game scenarios, how much does Nick Saban have his hands on this? Because this is one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. Mm -hmm. Jerry Judy, Bolitnikoff winner a year ago, still the best wide receiver in college football. We saw what Mike Loxley wanted to do opening things up. It's going to be fascinating. My pick is Alabama, but I think that the intrigue for me is not how Alabama wins the SEC, it's how they look doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and what, another thing to talk about with Alabama with that offense, too. We talk about Tua all the time. But I was actually talking to an NFL scout who tells me that Jerry Judy, who I think is overlooked, could be the first pick in the draft next year. So when you think of the talent that they have in this offense, there are a lot of good teams in the SEC, but you can't pick against Alabama. It's a clean sweep. Uh, Barton also likes Alabama to win the SEC. Up next, we've got our college football playoff predictions here on our college football preview show. One of our guys has the Pac-12 and the Big 12 missing the playoff, or is it more than one of our guys? Another one has someone not named Trevor or Tua winning the Heisman. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Here are the latest Heisman odds. Co-favorites Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tungvaloa at 3-1. to one. And then it's everybody else. Adrian Martinez, surprisingly good odds at 10-1 to one for a Nebraska team that won four games last season uh, as him at the quarterback. We got the Cover 3 podcast guys. Chip Patterson, Barrett Salee, Tom Fornelli, and Barton Simmons. Barton, start us off. Who is your Heisman Trophy winner? Yeah, I'm not picking one guy. I'm picking a collection. I'm picking Justin Ross. I'm picking T. Higgins, Amari Rogers, Travis Etienne. I'm picking that Clemson skill unit. And the guy that's triggering it all is Trevor Lawrence, who just happens to be the best quarterback in college football. Ken Dorsey was a Heisman finalist twice, for goodness sake. Ken Dorsey could be a Heisman finalist again if he was throwing to these guys, but he's not. It's Trevor Lawrence, who got better 
as the year progressed and he was already really good to start with last year. I just think they're going to score so many points, get so many wins, and Trevor Lawrence is going to be the center of it all that it's going to be a really hard sell for someone to vote for anyone other than Trevor Lawrence at the end of the season. I think that Heisman voters might have some Trevor and Tua fatigue by the end of this season. And so I'm actually going to think that they might gravitate towards the story of a player who got relegated to being a backup and who had to go somewhere else for his final year of eligibility to prove to everyone else that he could be a professional quarterback. I'm going with Jalen Hurts. If Oklahoma makes the college football playoff again, if they win the Big 12 championship again, then there's no doubt that Jalen Hurts was a big part of it. He's probably doing it with his legs. He's probably doing it with his arms. He's probably putting together numbers that are going to challenge both Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield and what they they did similarly uh, on their way to getting the Heisman Trophy. So give me Hurts. I like the story, I like the possibility, but I'm with Barton, I'm going Trevor Lawrence, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that you're getting another a full offseason with Trevor Lawrence as the unquestioned starter, even though a lot of us thought he was going to start at some point last year. You get a full offseason with all of those weapons, I tell you, Trevor Lawrence is set up for a huge, huge season, and like you said, as long as people don't get Trevor fatigue, I think it's going to be a runaway. I think it's, I think Trevor is going to absolutely annihilate the field. So much to a disrespect up here on this. <laughs> this is We're talking about a guy who missed like half of the season not because of injury just because Alabama was up by 30 points in all this game <laughs> and he still managed to throw for 4,000 yards and over 40 touchdowns and he was the Heisman favorite for pretty much all of last season until Kyler Murray came on at the end and took it away from him and I think we could see a similar situation this year where Trevor Lawrence goes in as the guy getting all the attention but Tua maybe finishes stronger gets Alabama an SEC title and he ends up taking the award all right one Tua, one Jalen, two Trevors. And Clemson is the favorite to win the national championship, plus 225. They were number one in our CBS Sports 130 that we revealed the top 10 yesterday. Let's pick the college football playoff beginning with Barton. Yeah, okay. I've got Clemson and Alabama. I think that that's clear. And then I've got Ohio State. And Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's the one that I'm most interested in. I, I like them going 11 and 1, losing to Georgia. I think Georgia loses somewhere else, somewhere along the way, and then loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game. So Notre Dame would sneak in by the skin of his teeth, but it would create quite the controversy and some upset fans in Athens. <laughs> but I like Notre Dame really surprising people and, and proving that it's not just a fluke last year, but they really are legit and here to stay. Having already made a bet on USC, I guess I got to just keep it rolling, right? I mean, you just got to you got to double down on this. All like, in. I think USC is going to make the college football playoff. And how about this? Alabama does get its revenge against Clemson, but just like a couple years ago, it actually comes in the national semifinal, Alabama over Clemson, and then Oklahoma over USC as that Jalen Hurts love continues. And then I go back to what happened last year in the Orange Bowl where Alabama was up so big early, but Oklahoma made that game scary close in the second half. I think Lincoln Riley gets the best of Nick Saban and wins a national championship. The Sooners are your national champions. I like your story. I like my story better because third time is a charm. Georgia will get its revenge over Alabama in the national championship game. They will lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game, but still sneak into the playoff Whew. because there are no other one or no lost teams in Power 5 football. Georgia over Clemson as the one seed in the semifinal. Alabama over a one-loss Ohio State uh, in the other semifinal. And then the Bulldogs, led by Jake Fromm, top the tie finally and win the national championship. 
I have a mostly similar bracket to you guys, although I have Michigan finally getting over that hump and getting into the college football playoff after winning the Big Ten. Of course, I also have them losing to Clemson in that first game as the four seed <laughs> and probably getting crushed in that game. But I think my more interesting pick, obviously, is like Chip taking Oklahoma over Alabama in the title game. I've got Oklahoma over Alabama in the semifinal for a lot of the same reasons you did. But then I think once they get there, Clemson's just too good. There's There are some questions, but they're, they're going to be too good for the Sooners. I like Clemson to win it again. So we have four different picks Love to win it. it all. We've got Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Georgia. Our four Who college football no guys. Yeah. College football, right? <laughs> Great stuff, fellas. You can hear much more from all these guys on the Cover 3 podcast. Over under on win totals in the Big Ten West. That is the latest podcast. All right, that's all for us on this prediction show. I want to thank everybody. It's been a lot of fun these last couple of days. Barton, wish you were down here with us, but we were able to go four wide on set. Tom Fornelli, Barrett Salee, and Chip Patterson. Barton Simmons, thank you so much from Nashville. Can't wait 25 days away from the first real kickoff of the college football season.